following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, and I'm here with Big Diesel. We are here to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Big Diesel, what's up, buddy? How we doing, folks? Oh, uh, we are living the dream. I'm not sure whose dream it is, but, but we're doing it. But it's somebody's, We apparently. are doing it. Uh, so what's going on, man? What's new? Uh, nothing much. Uh, finally, finally lost in the lacrosse playoff, so I'm now uh, a free agent and available to uh, to yap. So here we are. Love it, love <laughs> it. It was uh, de- definitely got a little dicey there with scheduling and whatnot with people with spring sports being jammed together like they were. Oh God, yeah, and uh, you know it's it was interesting too. Like we had Taylor on mobile last week. I mean, literally called in from. A, like had taking a break at work and actually near the end there he was actually like still on the phone with me and cleaning so like power moves only yeah my, my man was getting it so the grind never stops you know you can't stop <laughs> can't stop won't stop raindrop drop top booty pop i don't fucking know let's go so speaking of dropping uh, oh. I, I heard my sister drop your uh your soundboard here it was actually luna it was Luna. Oh, well, you're gonna blame but, but the she, cat. But okay. she was she was trying to get Luna when Luna didn't want to get got. Gotcha. And then she got caught in the rat's nest that's under our little table here. And so, uh, <laughs> just just a story here, real quick, about dropping soundboards because this is running in the family apparently. Um, bright bright eyed, you know, wide eyed kid, fresh out of college, coaching some JV football, first varsity football game. You know, I got to go up in the booth, right, and chart what plays are being run and all that stuff. So my buddy, who's the head coach, is on the headset. I got the little box at Medina, and it was the old Medina press box. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it was like been a while, but yeah, yeah. It was like it's like the press box was off the back of the bleachers, and then just a straight drop down, like a hundred feet. Nice. So what happened is I had to shift around so that the next guy could get in to chart the offensive plays because I was doing defensive plays. Booted that little soundboard right off, hundred feet straight down. Cracks everywhere. This is the first varsity game of the year. Like the boys are buzzing. They're they're sp- they're supposed to be doing good. And I cut out all of the communication to the press box. You hate to see it. You really do hate to see. Yeah, it, it was um, electric. I also I also like didn't respond well. Like I just stared at it after I kicked it instead of like you know chasing after it. Right. So yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, what what else do you do there? Like you could chase after it, but like what are you going to dive yeah, head yeah, first? Yeah, straight down. No, yeah. like well, I don't know. Gonna let it, it, was a t- it was a tough scene. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I believe you. I definitely believe you, and I feel bad for you. We've all been there. We've all <laughs> we've all done our stupid, oh, shit. Um, you know, I, I've seen brand-new coaches drop radar guns, which, if you know anything about baseball, are really just super cheap. Um, I've seen I've seen it all, so I, I get that. I was, it was it's funny when you were telling like uh, bright-eyed bushy tail, like, oh, this is going to be a Ben story. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. No, but uh, – Oh, so where do you want to start? You want to start with the Sabres? You want to start with the NHL playoffs? I'll I'll, I'll start with the Sabres because okay. um, I got a lot of thoughts on, on Jack Eichel and, and, and trade things that I've been seeing and what people are requesting. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of people who have been talking about trading Jack Eichel and they're saying, let's take on bad contracts because we have cap space so that the team we're trading Eichel to gives us more. Which sounds fantastic in theory, but in reality, you're walking into that trade with no leverage to trade Eichel 
because his no movement clause kicks in at the end of next year. Right. He's coming off of an injury. Nobody knows how long the rehab for that injury is. Nobody knows if he's going to return to a point of game player. Most likely he is, but nobody knows. Right. And in a trade discussion, that team's going to bring that up. And they're going to hold that over you. You have no leverage. And now you're going to take on bad contracts from the team so that you can get a draft pick. So, yeah, that just doesn't make total sense to me. Because here's what I'm thinking. You're trading away a top 10, possibly top 5 center in the league for two bad contracts, let's say. A prospect who's supposed to be a stud. And two draft picks. Well, those draft picks are 15-year-olds right now. Right. Who knows what that is? The prospect, is he ever going to reach Jack Eichel's status? Eh, who knows? Maybe. Again, these are all maybes. And the thought of taking on two bad contracts to 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 get more from, to get what, an extra 15-year-old? I'm, I'm going to take on $5 million for the next two years? I don't know if you guys know this, but like we did that. We we traded Ryan O'Reilly and we got back Vlad Saboka and Patrick Berglund. Two bad contracts. One of the guys got so depressed he quit. Why does that happen in Buffalo? Cuz I mean, I mean per- Percy Harvin did it. Uh who was the other one? The D-back that quit at halftime. This this place isn't 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 made for everyone. It's not. It's not. Um you know, there's there's a reason that there's the blue collar reputation. Very true. And it's definitely not for everybody. It's not for everybody, but the people that it is right for, I mean, like Josh Allen's living like a king. You know what I mean? So, right. If he, if he you sure is, if he? if you fit the identity of this city, oh baby, it's it's fireworks. You know what I mean? But it's it's not for everyone, and I guess especially not Swedish-born forwards who are getting overpaid. <laughs> Very true. It must be hard to be overpaid for what you do. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't be know. me. Well, I wouldn't Couldn't know. be me. Uh, so I saw it popped up just a few minutes ago while you were talking that Columbus is working hard for an Eichel trade. They don't have pieces to move to us. And I think that's part of the issue because uh, we love sending players to, to St. Louis so they can go in a cup. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like everybody. It, this comes back to the you don't have leverage if you're going to move Eichel. Like you want so much back for Eichel and you deserve so much back for Eichel. But you don't have the leverage to get anything back for Eichel. Right. So why? I don't care if he wants out. We own him for the next six years. That has been, I mean, we've seen it in the NFL recently. I want out. Tough. No. like Tough. Because if I have that guy, I'm like, listen, you're either going to figure out a way to make it work here, or you're going to be useless when your contract is up in six years. Right. Like... Well, and, and and I mean, you look at the other pieces that were rumored for for moving, like Reinhardt and Ristolainen, you have leverage with those trades. Right. You can go and say, like, yeah, Risto's played 20 minutes a night in the NHL for the past eight years. Has he been dominant? No. Has he been good? Meh. You know, people will argue that. But you can still use him and his entire career to have leverage in that trade. Right. Coming off of this whole debacle, you have no leverage to get anything good back for Eichel. Well, and the biggest issue is... And then if you're going to take extra bad contracts to get something back, like what you're just doubling down on giving that team assets. Yeah, you, you need to kind of... You need, need to at least try to win the trade. Yeah. And unloading Jack isn't 
a win. Unloading jack for spare parts is certainly not a win. Yeah, de- definitely don't need the spare parts. Spare parts are nice when you have a working machine. The other thing I'll bring up too is whenever there's a superstar trade, it never goes well for the team who trades away for the for the package. I mean, it's as it's it's as soon back as Ryan O'Reilly. You look at Matthew Shane in Colorado. They got a, a King's Ransom for sending him to Ottawa, and he's like a good player. He's not Jack Eichel. Right. Uh, Eric Lindros, the only thing that's kind of similar is when he went, wanted out of Philly after all the concussions. But, I mean, Philly didn't get anything back for him, and he went and still dominated for a couple years. Right. He didn't win a cup, but, I mean, like, they didn't get enough value back. Um, Wayne Gretzky to the, to the Kings. They win a cup. The Oilers fell off. Right. I mean, it's... There's very, very, very few examples of winning a trade like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's always tough, and it always sucks when, you know, you see guys that want out that are talented players or, I mean, allegedly talented players. And the, and the, the worst thing about Jack is he has a very big unknown of this injury his is a neck injury. Yeah. Those are always weird. I mean, guys yeah. guys go for surgery on neck injuries, and they don't come back the same guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it ended – Quite a few people's careers over the years, especially recently, or they came back and they were a shadow of themselves. Uh, but the other side of it is he wants to get a procedure done that's never been done on an active athlete. I mean, what it really seems like is he's using this as an excuse to try to force his way up. Right. Which, I mean, like, I can't blame him, man. Like, it's been bad, and he certainly deserves better than what we've given him. At the same token, I also feel like we we deserve a little bit better than what we've got from him. Also, ah, uh, I'll I'll raise you this, Sam Darnold to the Jets. I feel like that's relatively similar. Talent, you could see the talent. They did nothing to help him. Like they got pieces to put around him, but were they pieces that were actually going to fit, or was it just, oh look, that's a big name. Let's go spend some money on that. Maybe it'll connect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just tough because, you know, you hear some of the stuff that came out of the locker room and his attitude and everything, too, on top of it. And, then, okay. and, and that's and that's more what I mean. I mean, it's, I get that, but but that's – we've talked about it a lot. At that level, you're dealing with such egos and alphas all across the team. And I, I as a competitor, I can't imagine playing for five years like that and be, my rookie year being the best finish we had. Right. And I've only gotten better. Yeah. And I, you've gotten rid of talent to at, bring in at lesser the, talent. At the same token, I also couldn't imagine being in a locker room with a guy. And, I mean, I've been on a few teams in my career that I've, I've done, that it's been the case where the best player on the team also has the worst attitude and it just cripples you. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to get up and want to do everything you can when you see the best dude out there just coasting and then crying about it. And yeah, but like, I don't think Jack has coasted or cried about it. I don't think he's publicly cried about it. I think I think there's I think they've done a good job of keeping what's actually going on in the locker room under wraps. But I don't I don't think he's coasted. But I don't think he's done everything he could either. I think at some point, at certain points, he's checked out. That's just my take on it. I would disagree with that, especially the analytic stats don't back that up at all. He's gotten he was he was before he went. You know, down with the injury this year, analytically, he was a top five center defensively in the NHL. And, like, the, that's been on the rise for his whole career. He's still not great at faceoffs, but literally his entire game has improved 
I don't think I've seen him coast. It's we and I know we said this too is is when Jack is hurt, it's obvious. Right. So like I I can't blame him for not doing his thing. Like when he when it's the Jack Eichel show, man, it's fun to watch, but it's also kind of like, oh god, this is all we have. Yeah. Because the other three lines, it, we're in our own zone. Number nine gets on the ice, and all of a sudden we get the puck in our in their zone and get chances. Then he gets off, and the next three shifts are back in our own end. I don't know, I I just feel like I've seen, and again, I, I admittedly haven't watched as much hockey as I would like to have in the last yeah. three, four Fair. years. I mean, product but, has not exactly been worth watching. Right. I, I'm, I'm definitely not carving out time on you know any yeah. given day to watch the Sabres game the way I carve out every time the Bills play. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Like, I can't imagine seeing a guy like I, I. I don't know. I my take on it is I don't think Jack knows how to lose, and a lot of what we're hearing is because of that. Like yes. he's always been good. He's always been on good teams, and all of a sudden he comes into the, just this inept organization, and you know he's just kind of wallowing in professional sports purgatory. Really, yeah. Like, it's it's not it's not great. <clears throat> You don't, um, you don't see the full teardown and rebuild, and you don't see the team getting any better. He's just it's, there. It's also – it's that's a skill is, is knowing how to lose. It very much is. And that's not how to lose a game. We've seen teams who are very good at that Yeah, no, uh, it's, across it's, it's, all it's sports. How to, it's how to personally handle not being successful. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Because nobody wants – like, especially when you're – And especially when you, when you never lost. Like, that's going to be very interesting to see Trevor Lawrence. Right. Because she's never lost a regular season game, how can how is he going to deal with that? But it's kind of it's 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 similar uh, to Jack because it's it's I mean, the guy was dominant for his entire life in the game, and he still is. But all of a sudden, he's in a league where singular success doesn't mean team success. Right. Yeah, the NHL is not the type of game where one player can just take over. Yeah, he's he's not at BU where. He just it's a college head, game and head and, and shoulders yeah, above everybody. Yeah, right? and he's he scores four points and you know the rest of the team can hang on and scrap. Yeah, you know when when, when you're that dude in the uh, in college, it's you know you you end up drawing four dudes too, and you're like, huh, who, who can I pass to? Right. Oh, look, there's four people with an open net. Like, right. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I know a lot of people have weighed in again, different thoughts and stuff like that. I know uh, my old man. Shout out to Papa Ronnie has his his take on Jack being just an absolute cancer. Oh no, oh, yeah. is Papa Ron a suburban hockey dad? He, uh, a little bit when it comes I to Jack. I love that. Oh, a little man. bit when it comes to Jack. But uh yeah, so uh in other news and active NHL news, we have two 3-2 series. Yeah. Uh Tampa I, this has been a tight series across the board and then Tampa just lit the Islanders tits the other night. That'll happen. It will. But damn. The other thing, I mean, it was in Tampa. Yeah. So you got to go back to the Coliseum for game six. Right. And if the Islanders win that, it doesn't, like, game sevens are, so, you know, they're uh, such they're a toss-up. Toss up. They're a to- it's- You have no idea what's going to happen in a game seven. So, I mean, Islanders are still in a decent spot. Obviously not the spot they want to be in. but no, especially losing, not against Tampa. Losing game five, eight to zip, if anything, will refocus the team at home. And then we got another two games here to to <laughs> to enjoy. Yeah, because like this series has been fun, man. It's it's everything I was looking for. It really has. And I think you know the last time we were on, we talked about it. Uh, we kind of we kind of saw this going the way it went um, in the last round with the four teams we came out. Uh, we obviously the 
the Knights and the Canadians we'll get to in a minute, but I mean, Tampa just always seems to be in the conversation at the end of the year. The Islanders just doing cool stuff. The, uh, They're the, gritty, man. Well, it's it's Barry Trotz, man. I mean, the guy got fired after winning a cup with the Capitals, that and then immediately <laughs> immediately turned the Islanders into. I mean, they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals for the past two years, right? And they've been in the playoffs all the time that he's been there. Yeah. So it's very much like his style of game and they got the right players to play that style of game and you are seeing it and it's fun to watch. Barzal is a beast. I bring him up every time I'm here, but God damn it, I love watching 13 on New York. I'll tell you that, and I say it all the time, having having a coaching style that works with the players you have is 99% of the battle. Right. I yeah, mean, like, that's... honestly, you put you put Barry Trotz with the Sabres. Like, we're significantly more competitive because we have as much scoring depth as the Islanders. Like, that's – they're not a deep scoring team. They're the first two lines. Right. And then the, the bottom two lines, they might chip in, like, once every three games, which is helpful. But those those lines are defense, grind you down in the corners, and make you play, make you tired. And then the two top two lines get out, and they're the ones who put it away. But, I mean, that like that – shout out to the coaching. That's that's what this comes down to. <laughs> shout out question. to the coaching. And, and, like, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, in – this is where you see how important good coaching gets when it gets to the highest stakes. Yes. Because in the regular season, meh. It's, it's also tough to see in hockey if you're not, like, if you're just a casual fan. Yes. Because at that point, like, if you're just a casual fan, you're looking at athletes doing athletic things and doing it better than the other team. When it comes to the playoffs, you, like, you can see the teams that are coached well and right. drilled well. Well, the other thing, and, over the over the course of a series, you get to see the coaching matchups. Yes. And the one thing that a lot of casual hockey fans don't, understand when watching the game is home team gets the last change so home team dictates what lines match up against what lines right so that's another thing about the eight zip yeah light lightning got to manage the whole game they're probably putting kucherov against barcel barzell's line you know what i mean they're going okay well our offensive firepower is better than your offensive firepower on this line but then when you go back to the coliseum guarantee you that matt martin cal clutterbuck line is going to be going against kucherov and stamkos and physically roughing them up right and you know so the, it's those little things that that you don't really think about but that's what makes the home ice advantage just that little bit more right. Absolutely. and it's a chess match between the coaches it's similar to baseball uh it, in, in that in that chess like sense for yes. matchups yes and you know in in baseball like you know you see it with Pitching, pitching changes, pitching staff rotation, changes, rotation, yeah. stuff like when that. When you're pulling in bullpen guys. Right. And and like that's when you see, you know. That's when you ba- go, baseball. oh, there is a lot more strategy than I thought watching 165 regular season games. Right. And, and ba- <laughs> baseball is a lot of just athletes doing, trying to beat other athletes one-on-one. Right. You it's know, a lot of one-on-one battles. Pitcher battles. trying to beat yeah. a hitter. Uh, you know, defensive players trying to make plays on a ball that's trying to be hit beyond them and right. then do something with it. You know, when you get into a series, or I mean, uh, the one game play in for the for the wild card is so just stupid. In, I love I, it. I I, I, I hate it. it just because it's like you play so many games in the regular season. It is widely known that baseball is like it's 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 kind of random. You know what I well, mean? It's, it's random in the sense that you know you could be you could win twenty games in the show and have one bad outing and your team's done. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm and saying. And that's why it's and tough. And it's like 
It's like in the NFL, I understand why everything is one and done. Yeah. In the NBA and NHL, I understand why everything is seven because there's that element of randomness. And then you get to baseball where it's arguably the most random, which is why they have the most games for the most stats so that they get the most amount of information. And then you get a one-game play-in. And I'm like, what the fuck? But but listen, that that one-game play-in into normal series... Sets a tone almost. It's, it's electric, it's but so it's cool. but at the same time, to me, I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, give me a three game series. Get just, just which is funny because when they they originally pitched that and it was shot down almost unanimously because they're like, listen, I can manage my bullpen for a game that matters, but you're putting me at it. Like, if we go three games and I win, I'm at a very distinct disadvantage because they go. One, two, three. Right. And then everyone's waiting for them. Okay, so now you're on your fourth day in a row. You're on your fourth starter against a team's ace who's fresh. I, I may as well have just lost. I, I may as well have just lost the like the play-in round and been done. Or be good. Well, and that so that so <laughs> but that's the other side of it is if you don't want to be in that play-in game, win more games in the regular season, you won't yeah. be. Win your division, you won't be. Exactly. Like, that, so should be, that should be the, the, the incentive. Yeah. Uh, we will get back to baseball because I want your take on some interesting things that are happening in the world of the uh, the small white ball with red stitches on it. But uh, the the goaltending matchup that would have been a good goaltending matchup probably ten years ago. Oh yeah, two thousand ten. <laughs> this would be t- the two best goalies in the world, right? And uh, Carey and Bryce, here we are in twenty twenty one. What a time to be alive! Uh, the Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. Carey Price and playoff Mark Andre Fleury, and it rings true, man. Anytime the Knights give up more than a goal, they lose. <laughs> like, that's been that's been the tale of the tape across the board. If you can get two two pucks past Fleury, you're going to beat him pretty much. And that's, and that's 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 tough in terms of uh, going to win games. That's very similar to defensive football. Hey, we're going to win nine six. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> yeah, it's a very small room for error. You the, know, the top five quarterbacks in the league have entered the room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I will say is, you know, Montreal has been counted out this whole time, but coming into this year, the analytic community was very high on Montreal, and turns out some of those stats matter. <laughs> Weird. You know, they're there for a reason. Weird. And they their team defense is incredible, and with the shortened season. They have a fresh carry price in the playoffs. Yeah. And you're seeing what can happen when you have great team defense, a goalie who's earning his $10 million a year, and enough offensive production to to, to chip in in the playoffs. You know, it it's fun to watch because, I mean, you, you take a look at these two dudes, and I remember there was a point where the question of does Carey Price live up to his price tag? Does he live up to the hype? And, you know, that's always a tough question when you pay somebody big yeah. time. Uh, we've seen more than our fair share of big contracts that went horribly wrong, but you know you, there were people who were ready to write him off that he just, like he was good, but he I, wasn't oh, quite good enough. And I, I don't I don't technically disagree with those people. Regular season carry price is different. Regular season carry price, he's 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 an okay. He's a good goaltender. Yeah, he's not elite. Yeah, and, and, um, that, and that was really the knock is that he's he's not good enough to win it. Right, he's good enough to play, good enough to be. I I go, I go back to it. This is similar to Freddie Anderson with Anaheim and Toronto. Uh, You look at the only guy in their life, in our in our life, and who's been able to play so many games in the regular season and then be in the playoffs and do well is Marty Brodeur. Yeah, and that was because they played the trap. (laughs) 
He didn't have to do a lot of work. So he could play 70 games in a year, right. make 15 saves a game, get like 17 shutouts or whatever it is. But he also a did, lot he of, also didn't suck. Like, no, he was a good goaltender, but he also played in the perfect system to allow him to flourish. Right. And a lot of these these new age goaltenders, they there's not as much backup depth in the league. So Montreal for years has had to ride Carey Price. Toronto's had to ride Freddie Anderson. They, they've been looking for a backup goalie for five years. Well, I mean, how many times... I remember when I was younger, you know, your backup goalie was your incumbent starter when your starter went down or got traded or right. retired. Like, right, your backup goalie you know, should be starting level. Yeah, you're... You know what you're, I mean? Like, when, when Dwayne Rolison was riding the pine behind Dominic Hasek, he was the heir apparent. And right. then Hasek lasted a little bit longer than... Maybe anticipated. Yeah, Roley the goalie moved on, and Steve Shields stepped in, and then he right. moved on. Like but Marty all, Marty Baron steps in, and all of those dudes were starting goalie caliber. By the point that they went elsewhere and started, and started. Yeah, like, exactly. Not nowadays. And, it's like a goalie carousel, unless you have right. There's a some. Price. There's some teams who who get a, who are good enough to to run with a tandem. It's much different because the goaltending is much better, so you get higher. Like there's a. A better group at the top, right. I would say. The, the the cream the cream of the crop is is terrific. Has risen higher. Yes, where I think the cream of the crop ten years ago, fifteen years ago, was thicker. There were more of correct. Them. But I mean, like, yeah, you think ten years ago, Flurry, Price, Long, Hank Lundquist in his prime, Jonathan Quick in his prime. Like there was some studs, but I think everybody in the league almost has at least one like really good goalie right besides the sabers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you get you get Oops. the point the point is is that they're 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 riding carry price into the ground in the regular season to try to get to the playoffs and then he's not able to perform in the playoffs if they get there right. this year shortened season get in that people want to say based on a weaker division whatever analytically they've been one of the best teams for the past and, two years and you, you still got to win and they're also up in the western conference finals yeah. so you can lick their taint and the other, the other side of this, too, on the other side of the ice, is a guy who was shipped to the Golden Knights in the expansion For draft. Picks. Like, like it, they said, take Flurry. Yeah. We'll give you picks. Yeah. Like, and Flurry had just won a cup with them, like, the year prior. Well, they thought Matt Murray was going to be the answer. Turns out he's not, and he's in Ottawa. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Golden Knights are on unprecedented success levels of franchise teams in any sport yeah not just hockey yeah and do, do you think Pittsburgh's sitting there going ah damn it no I would be I don't think so just because of Flurry's cap hit with their roster they didn't have the space to to hang on to him and that's fair but I, I I'm convinced that if you want to you can find ways to make things work well, I mean look at Tampa Tampa Tampa's 11 million over the cap right now and right it's you ca- yeah, you can find casual. ways to finagle it, but I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh is like regretting that, but they're certainly looking and going, "Wow, we didn't think Flurry had this much more in him." Right at this point, yeah, you take the chance of getting rid of a guy when you think he's only got one year left. You think he got something, and good also, out of it I mean, don't don't forget, like he lost the starting job to Matt Murray, right? So like, and, and sometimes it's just time, time. right? At so, the like, well, and he goes to a team where they they play defense first instead of offense first, right? So now he gets to, you know, he makes the saves that he's supposed to make. He steals one or two a game. You're in a good spot. Absolutely. Versus Pittsburgh, it's, well, they play such a up-tempo offensive game. You're going to have six to eight odd man rushes against you a game. That's that's tough. Yeah. You know? If you, you have six to eight, you steal two, it's 
it's still four, four to six. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yikes. Uh, but yeah, this... I, I feel like both of these games are or both these years are going to go to Game Seven, and I'm living for it because Game Seven in hockey to me is I don't know go, Golden Knights going into Montreal where the fans are finally back. Montreal hasn't been in the Cup Final since '93. You think that place isn't going to be? I think the Golden Knights don't care. <laughs> I think the Golden. I Knights, love that, but I, I don't. I, I think that's an entire team of dudes who has still feel like they have something to prove. Oh dis, no, dis, no despite, doubt. Despite having won a cup recently, not to mention like, having one of the most badass guys, Mark Stone, in the league. Like yeah. people don't talk about it, but he was the he's the classic. He was a fifth round pick, couldn't skate. Was the narrative on him, right? And now look at him. He's up and down the ice. He's more, he's probably behind Ryan O'Reilly as the best two way player in the game, but he's a winger, not a center, right? So that's the only reason Ryan O'Reilly gets the nod, and just yeah, yeah, I, stud. I I just I think the Golden Knights are going to show up and say, I don't care that you have fans. I don't care how rowdy it's going to be. I don't care that you're on the, the the. They do have a lot. They have a lot of killers who have got a lot of deep playoff experience compared to the Habs. Yeah. So I I and, and that's really part of the reason I can see this go. Both of these going to seven, which is just exciting. And if if there's a Canadians Golden Knights game seven on Saturday, I we might have to get together and yeah, I'll be there. Party up. So, but uh. Yeah, so that's our that's our hockey stuff. So there's, there's some interesting stuff going on in baseball. And so originally today we were going to do a split episode, half with uh, my man Big Diesel here, and then I was going to go get the get the call in action from from T Wave at uh, on break at work. But I think we're just going to roll into the whole thing with Big Diesel, and I'll bring, bring sorry my man, Taylor bring my man back next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk some funny stuff. He wants to talk about some NBA things. Uh, that's not my cup of tea, so we're going to leave that for him. But uh, have you seen what's going on in the world of baseball re- recently? Like, the, I know, uh, I know the sticky stuff. The sticky uh, stuff. Because I watched the Scherzer Girardi thing last night. That was hilarious. So baseball is in a very weird spot right now. They are making. They're embarrassing themselves, really. Well, and they're making rules and decisions to try to increase offense because the offense this year is historically bad. Yeah. They're on pace to break records for amount of home runs hit, but the league average but, is so low. But like the league batting average is horrible, and they're going to break the wrong kind of records with run production and RBIs, right. so on and so forth. And they've they've talked about things like, oh, let's let's ban the shift. Uh, well, okay, well maybe maybe the pitchers are using sticky stuff. Which I, I love that it's just called sticky stuff because it's I mean, concoctions I, I, and sunscreen did, and rosin and pine tar. I know. And, I did watch I watched an entire video on that and it was the whole Trevor Bauer. Yeah. And how he went from like league average to, you know, throwing the crazy stuff and he was just like, Hey man, there might be a reason why. You know? Check it out. Check other pitchers. Right. How many times have they taken a jump? Yeah. And stuff like that. And it was it was it, I mean, obviously he's the one who, who kinda was like, hey, we should start talking about this because I'm a good pitcher without this, and I'd probably be one of the best in the league. But everybody else is using this shit. I can do it too, but I don't want to. Right. You know, and it's it's fun because uh, it's fun because of like the antics that are happening right yeah. now. But it sucks because like, and and this is just Rob Manfred, and I'm not a big fan of him as far as He's running the worst, a worst as far as running a league. I would rather have Gary Bettman over him. I, I don't disagree with, and you. that's saying a lot. He. uh he just has this thing about him where he he doesn't he screams old polit- political sleazeball. Yeah, he he does things for the for the populist opinion, but it's the populist of the owners, not the the, well, the populist of the fans. The, here's the worst part about it: the the way professional baseball has gone. The we call I call them 
I call it old man baseball. Yeah. Like the guys on Twitter that are just these old baseball Play dudes. the game the right way. Yeah, like you know, no celebrating after a home run. Yeah, no no bat flips, no fist pumps, like hit you hit a no ball talking out. shit. You know, put your bat down, you know, five A speed around the base pass, keep your head down, touch home plate, high five people on the way in and be done. And that's that's not the way Have of the some game. Fun. Like let the let the kids play a little bit. Don't and take the fun away from baseball. Like it's 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 literally the slowest major sport. You need to have those elements of fun to get the kids in, abs- interested. Absolutely. But what you did now is now you've basically come out and made it so with the ruling on the sticky stuff thing, the there's a rule automatically that if you come in as a reliever mid inning, you either get checked after the first batter or after the inning automatically. So as you're coming off the field, you have to prove that you have nothing on you. Yeah. The other team's manager can request that you be checked. So the whole thing with Scherzer last night, he was checked three times. Right. There was a po- there was a po- he went fastball, 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 all near triple digits or in triple digits and blew a dude away and G- Girardi called for the umpires to check him for a substance. Yeah. And it got to the point that after the third one, he literally threw his hat, threw his glove at the feet of the umpire and un- like started undoing his belt. Yep. There was a pitcher from the A's. As soon as he got checked, he threw his stuff on the ground, took his belt off, threw it on the ground and dropped trow on the field. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, Scherzer uh, staring I, down. I, that's Girardi. what I was just going to say. Awesome. Stared him down as he walked off. And then Girardi was like, hey, come over here. It's like, Girardi, you, you tried to get him checked three <laughs> times. He passed with flying colors three times. You're the asshole here. And then he You're and the then Girardi got yeah, exactly. It was awesome. It's like, it's like Joe, buddy, buddy. <laughs> you know, baseball has a way of policing itself. And I'm sure I'll get into this more with Taylor next week. But, you know, it, it somebody I saw somebody put up a thing yesterday that basically said, I think if a manager challenges a pitcher have it like having six sticky stuff on him and he's wrong, he should have to stand in and take a fastball in the back. Love that. Just like listen, yeah. if you're gonna say it, you better be right. Yeah. Just like, you know, when every single goal in the NHL was being challenged for being yep, offside. Like at some point you have to curtail it. Like right. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the answer is if you request two and they're both wrong you yeah. get ejected suspended and fined yeah like well i got, right I got now, two you're, you're things basi- on this you're basically saying right now that every pitcher cheats and we need to catch them right like, which they, isn't they, wrong like like even garrett cole's comments were really bad but um oh dang i forgot what i was gonna say my bad but you know, so I'm, I'm gonna let you think about oh that. the one comment that the that manfred made when he when he instituted this thing he said this is not going to slow the pace of play and then Scherzer gets checked three times in the middle of innings yesterday. Swing like, and a miss. Yeah, that's stopping the pace of play. That's similar to the challenge offside challenge. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is lacrosse has a very similar rule because pockets have to be legal. Right. So obviously the coach can request to check the pocket if it's illegal. And, you know, if, if it is, then the stick is done and the player gets a penalty. But if you're wrong, um, I want to say it's like a 30-second technical hmm. for, like, so, so it's almost like a bench foul at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it's and, like and why are you making us do this? Like, if you're gonna do it, it better be right. And it, it that that's how it has to be because right. of things like last night. Be like, and and baseball coaches, baseball like we're we're petty, man. Yeah, like I I will sit on a thing if 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 there's if a kid is doing something that violates a rule, I will sit on it until it matters. Right, and like all of a sudden this kid's grooving, and all of a sudden yeah, here we are in the fifth inning. Like, hey, blue, remember what I told you about this in the first inning? Like, can you fix that now, please? Yeah. And it just throws them off enough because the baseball is a funny sport that way. Yeah, well, just it is very little, much timing and rhythm. Yeah, that little that little change, that little twist can throw a guy off more than you'll ever know. And but I mean, 
at some point there's got to be there's got to be a cap on it, right? Like, it has to be. I'm going to check a dude three times, be wrong all three times, then right. be mad when he eye fucks me into the, right. into the dugout. Like, but also, I mean, you, you as the MLB, you can't say it's gonna it's not going to impact the pace of play when you've been trying to increase the pace of play with pitching for the past what ten years at least, and, and now now we're going to have stoppages so that all three umpires can come out and check a guy and be wrong that there's nothing on him, right? What are we doing here? Yeah, you're, you're goes talking, back you're, to the whole. They they refuse to cater to the fans and what the fans want to see. So it's pushing fans away from the game. Well, and the stupid part is like everything that you're doing is to try to increase offensive production. There's talk about again banning the shift. There's talk about you know moving the mound back. But didn't they switch like, up the balls like five years every, ago? Every year, like so. Yeah. So, and, and this is this is one of the unspoken things of baseball that like it's out there. People know what happens, but it, it happens quietly. They get together every year and they either loosen the stitching or they tighten the stitching on the baseball just a little bit. So maybe yeah. it flies a little far. Ah, you know, last year there were there, there were a lot of hard hit balls. We had more hard hit balls. And maybe we'll deaden the ball a little bit by winding a little bit looser. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, pitching pitching was way, way up. So the next year they get together and they tell every single MLB organization's grounds crew to lower the mound an inch because it flattens the pitch out a little yep. bit more and makes it like it's little stupid shit yep. that they've always done that people know about, but the people don't ignore because over the course of time, it doesn't really like aside from like the dead ball era and the steroid era, you don't see, oh, my God, results from it. Right now. It's just one of those things where like you're doing you're trying to do so much so fast to increase offensive production like uh, instead of banning the shift. How about hit better? Hey, uh, you know, goalies are wearing smaller equipment than ever in hockey and we're like goal scoring is way down. You know what? Let's increase the net size, um, and <coughs> let let's make the let's make goalies wear catcher's equipment. No, right. how about how about shoot better? Right? How about like well, set up I, plays I was just going to say in in the NHL, right? When that lockout happened in two thousand four, two thousand five, that was the clutch and grab era. Now you can't grab, you can't hook, you can't like stick lifts are are kind of hooks. They took away two line pass, one of the stupidest rules ever. Where there's the blue line, red line, blue line in the middle. If a pass went over two of those, the play was blown dead. Right. What? <laughs> so they got rid of that, and all of a sudden, offense what? increased. Right. Like, it's but like even NFL defensive pass interference up, right. offensive holding calls down, more offense. Right. You know, like other leagues have found ways to manipulate the rules so that it actually ends up working for the offense. And the MLB is just doing, I feel like they're just doing these little tweaks to make themselves feel better. And they're just keeping the game the same way it's been for like 100 years. And like the NFL does things and then says like, we did this for safety concerns. Like the MLB is like, we're going to move the mound back a foot. Why? Because I want to. Because fuck your elbow. (laughs) Like... Uh, now you got to relearn everything you've learned your entire right. career and throw that curveball because you got to get a it foot in, yeah, I was going to say you got to like, get an extra foot you know and like, well, you oh, used to be painting the corner and now it's skipping on the dirt some some doctor that specializes in Tommy John is watching his bankroll just go through the goddamn roof but yeah it's 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 an interesting time for baseball and they need to figure something out because it's it's not good it's it's really not good you know it, it's it's not as bad as like baseball twitter would have you believe with no, some of, the, but, with some mean, of these old cronies the, the, out there the, but the crazy thing is, is like it's well known well documented on the show that I'm not a baseball fan and yet like I have opinions on these things yeah that's really bad <laughs> yeah that's that's how you know you're done fucked up hey Ron. because when people who don't watch the sport or don't like the sport whatever 
have opinions I mean, on like, what you're doing, yeah. like you, I, you're probably not doing I, it right. I say this, like I'm a sports fan, right? So like I watch World Cup soccer, I watch World Series baseball, I watch the NBA Finals, I right. watch when the stakes are the highest in the sport. You can bet your your ass I'm on a couch with a beer watching it, and that's why like. I can still have some opinions on baseball because, like, I do watch when it's at its highest. I see what's, you know. Yeah. The, it, the, the issues are apparent. Yeah. Like, like, visibly and in your face apparent. Very much so. You know, we I was talking about it last night, like, you know, everything with the shift. Like, they've been shifting since the early 2000s. Right. When, when guys like Bonds and Ortiz and that, like. It also doesn't change that much. But like, you, know, you know what Ortiz did? About twice a year, he'd bunt for a double. Yeah, because he could, because he had the ability yeah. to do. And he would just punch it down the thir- third baseline, and he'd be trotting into second by the time the left fielder was yeah. coming over. And like, there I mean, was, there was even one where he threw the team off so bad he stood up at second base, looked, and then beat the left fielder in a foot race to third because no one was near it. Well, I was going to say like Acuna and Tatis, you can shift on them all day. Is it going to matter? No, they can hit the ball wherever they want. If he sees that you shifted right on him, he like Tatis is going to pull it. He's going to turn on it and go left. And, and that's exactly how you beat the shift. Right, and, exactly. Like, and so that's, it's a defensive, it's a defensive strategy, but it's not like it's, it's, it's not, foolproof. it's not the trap. It's, it's not, not the not NHL foolproof. trap. It's, it's certainly not the 85 bears defense. You know what I mean? Like it's and beatable. Part, <laughs> part of the problem is people have looked at it and said along with the analytics of a strikeout and a ground out are basically this like they're really statistically no different and you know most baseball junkies will tell you like that's not true if I ground out hitting behind a runner and move them up we just got right. an extra base where if I strike out and that dude stands at the same spot it's the same thing as everything it's it's the timing right like in yes. NFL in NFL everybody says don't turn the ball over don't turn the ball over well you can get away with the turn well, like an interception in the first quarter yeah and then you play well the rest of the yeah. game it's about timing of when these things happen yeah, you you backwards K with two in the two in scoring position chasing a run. You look like an idiot. Yeah, you hit you hit a ground ball to second base that scores a run and brings you within one and moves the other Hell, guy to third. If, if, now if you, now right. it's a different if, story. If if there's a guy on second no outs and you and you hit a ground out to first like you know to the outfield. Right, that's right field. He, yeah, right field. I don't. Whatever. I got you. I got you. you hit it to right field. He he beats you to first for the throw, but you move the guy to third. I mean, yeah. Or and, you and got or at least you have that outfielder thinking I got to throw home because if this guy rounds third. You know, yeah, and and like, and that's that's a big part of the game, and it, it actually, I'm impressed that you're as close as you were with that. It's good for you, dude. I'm not. I'm, I'm I know a, you're I'm an not. athlete. I know you're. I, like, know. I show up to I show up to slow pitch softball. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of an animal. <laughs> oh God. So uh, to wrap up this episode here, we are moving on to the second round of the Hats, Tats, and Stats Greatest Fictional Athlete Fan Poll. And boy, oh boy. Did I think some of the first round matchups were tough? Yeah, it's going to only get worse. It is. So, um, I believe that Rocky Balboa is going to absolutely ragdoll Reggie Dunlop. Yeah. And I mean, that's, like and that's Rocky, just a bad matchup Rock, for him. Rocky's just got the staying power, man. He is literally seven like, movies worth. Yeah, and and, and, and he's they, in and Creed, they, and they somehow got well. They, well okay, so eight because <laughs> I was I was counting like so five Rockies, Rocky yeah. Balboa, two Creed movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, this dude like. And he only got better with every. Like, when's the last time you heard the well, fourth now, movie now, was better than the first? Now he's now he's an all time teacher. You know right. what I mean? Like he's he is he's yeah. Poor Reggie. That's all I got to say. Look at Reggie. Reggie had a good run. He did. You know he did. Uh, I was surprised he got past Pablo. I was too. I I I don't think enough people gave Pablo respect. But it's not that like Reggie earned that. You know. Yeah, for but sure. But now his run's probably coming to an end. Uh, then we got Ricky Vaughn, Wild Thing, 
against Roy Hobbs of The Natural, filmed here in Buffalo. I can't believe that that Ricky Vaughn won that against that. Against uh, Mr. Lafleur. Oh, it was against Lafleur. Yeah, uh, Hobbs beat Reardon. No, no, no. Uh, who beat? Somebody beat Thad Castle, and I was pissed about. Oh, that. that's on the oh, other side. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so Roy Hobbs knocked off Tommy Reardon of Warrior. Yeah, which and I honestly believe that that like that's enough people the, haven't seen Warrior. Enough people haven't seen Warrior, and The Natural is like an all time baseball. It's a, movie. It's a classic movie. It's like um, that. The Rookie, Field of Dreams, Sandlot. Yeah. Uh, again, Ricky Vaughn knocking off Peter Lafleur. I think that's just we have a. There's actually I think we just have a lot of baseball people that follow the podcast. Fair. Um, Jackie Moon moves on to take on Air Bud. Damn right. Oh my God, what a slugfest! No kidding. I'm I'm convinced that part of the reason Air Bud won the first round is because he was going a against a golfer from an old golf movie, uh, and. Because he's a dog. He's a dog, bro. And people just love dogs. He's a golden retriever, no right. less. <laughs> a golden receiver in some movies. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, Jackie Moon beating Monica Wright, I think that was pretty simple. Love and Basketball, I believe, is that movie that... It's more of a cult following, it but is. it's a great movie. It is. And it's like, like and it's funny because I'm pretty sure there's an actual Monica Wright. Oh, and, yeah. And she's marrying Tim Duncan. Almost in a love and basketball style real world thing. Yeah, it I don't was based know. on. I was looking sure for was, pictures to I post think it for was this. Based and, on like some sort of real story. I don't know about like the actual names and stuff, but I'm just yeah. Saying no, it like it, it, like when when the movie came out, like the Monica Wright that's in the WNBA was like six. Yeah. So, uh, and then Dottie Hinson Dottie. versus Benny the Jet. <sighs> yeah, big, we got a lot of baseball things moving on. Big huh? heavy hitters. Yeah, there's a lot of good like baseballs. Like the the sport is losing popularity because of things we've talked about already. Right. But baseball movies are just classic. I mean, that's not wrong, but also like are we talk if we're talking greatest fictional athletes, I'm sorry, but I just got I got a lot of qualms with these <laughs> The people have spoken. The people the people are stupid. Ouch. He doesn't sorry. mean he doesn't mean that, fans. I'm just I'm just butthurt because yeah, my least favorite sport is winning all of these. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the bracket, uh we got two football guys matching up with Bobby Boucher and Billy Bob. Yeah, that'll so, be a fun one. So the water boy against, you know. The greatest linebacker of all time versus Billy Bob. Right. It's tough. I mean, the dude was a stud. Both of them. One was an idiot, and the other one was fat and an idiot. Yeah. You don't think that dumbass play where I wanted to feel like I'm not going to work, do you? <laughs> greatest play in Texas football history. No, nah, I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. Dallas Carter wants a word. <laughs> Billy Bob cried because Billy Bob's a bit of a crier. Well, I mean, these things happen. I I, I cry too. I'm a man. Uh, then we go back to the baseball diamond with Henry Roan Gardner against Crash Davis. Uh, Roan Gardner knocking off Johnny Lawrence pissed me off. Yeah, I kind of figured it would. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence deserved to move on in that one. Henry Roan Gardner was a one-hit wonder. We know a, your a, thoughts. A product, Get over a product it. Product of the injury. Get over Just it. Bullshit. You'll be okay. Uh, Crash Davis knocking off Coffee Black. Somebody made the argument that Coffee Black's not even the best basketball player in that movie, let alone... Who is? I, listen, I don't know. Vakaitis? Because like, I definitely wrote down Vakaitis for this, <laughs> but that sure was did. more or less because he was Latvian and he doesn't speak a lick of English. Right. Listen, I, I don't know. I don't make the rules. I, I, I picked two of these overall. Johnny Lawrence was one of them. So That's why you're so pissed. Yes. Uh, Xavier Laflem gets dropped by Gordon Bombay. Yeah, that was a tight one. I also... like I, 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 I don't understand... Like Laflem was a actual professional, Bombay was a step below professional. I believe 
In movie terms, I believe they made it to damn near the same level. No, like when you when you see them playing in the movies, they they play they're playing at the same level, but it's it's like known that Laflem like got off of the Highlanders into the real league because he finally got his confidence back. Like right. he was an all time talent. Yes, he was a Danny Briere esque. Yes, uh, and Mr. Bombay moves on to take on one of his own in Mr. Adam Banks. Ooh. Who knocked Beaver off free? Go top three. Who knocked off Mr. Thad Castle of Blue Mountain State? I'm just pissed because one of my best friends and college roommate, Derek Sekaterski, Taylor's cousin, looks exactly like Thad Castle. Played inside he, linebacker. He really does. Yeah, he he's an idiot like Thad Castle. And one time in practice, he got a pick and screamed, "Somebody block for me!" Like that, really high pitched. <laughs> it was great. So that's why I'm pissed that Thad went down. Yeah, shout I, out uh, to Derek. I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, the interesting side of this is either one of them who wins potentially could be facing another duck in Julie the Cat, but she's got the tall order. I would also want to point out, I think it's great that Charlie Conway uh, didn't get the love that he that he doesn't deserve. Exactly, because he's not. he wasn't a good hockey player. He was trash. He was, he was garbage. He was not a good leader. And he knew. He knew. He took himself out. Took himself out. Took himself off the ice so Banks could play. Anyway, Adam Banks, stud. Uh, Bombay, arguably more talented and a great coach. So and they're fighting for the right to face the winner of Julie the Cat Gaffney, who's got the tall order of taking on Mister Chaz Michael Michaels. That's going to be tough. So we got sex on skates, and then we have the best goalie to come out of Maine since Ed Belfour. Yeah, Oof. The, the fastest glove this side of the Mississippi, this side of the Dixie Maze Mason. Dixie. I mean, listen, Julie the Cat, like whatever that line is down south. Julie, Julie the Cat might be the, the female version of Patrick Waugh. It's unconfirmed, but it's possible. It sure looked like it with that glove save. However, Chaz Michael Michaels, I mean, look at Nobody knows what it means, but it gets the people going. Sex icon on skates. Let me put my poems in you, you know. Let me put my poems he, in you. He did, he did Disney on ice while pissed drunk and crushed it. To be fair, I feel like a lot of people do Disney on ice pissed drunk. Correct. I'm just saying, like he, especially if you're one of the dudes that's got a skate around dressed like a tree. Yeah, he's <laughs> he absolutely well. He was a wizard, right? But I mean, he absolutely dominated. And then I just he pulled off the Iron Lotus. He sure did. And you know, he wasn't the one who actually had to do the the kick part because he 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 snapped his ankle. But he performed and won a medal on a broken ankle and performed the Iron Lotus. Stud. Yeah, I, I mean, that, like Kurt Angle called. He wants his he wants his uh, his gimmick back and bro, on, on a broken freaking. Well, his was a neck, but that's that's the point. yeah. Well, look, it's a broken bone of some sort in the body. Yeah, like but one yeah, that one at, that really super matters when you're skating. Exactly. So I mean, I don't mean two of the two of the best two of the best uh, athletes we've seen on ice in a long time. Yeah, and it's going to come down to the wire. I think. I think it is too. Uh, I think we're. I think Chaz Michael Michael takes this because there's just a weird, weird cult following for him. You clearly have not watched Blades of Glory enough. I, I once in my whole life, actually. Uh, you need to rewatch it because Will Ferrell. The, like the reason Chaz Michael Michaels is going to go far is because one, it's Will Ferrell, and two, he just. Drop some of the greatest one-liners I, in that. I know it's we, it's Will Ferrell this, in his prime. This like, this, this oh. podcast did a in the middle of summer two years ago when we first started. It's on YouTube and we actually released it as an audio-only episode in two. And uh, actually, I think it was in one one full part where we talked about the greatest sports movies and we did it sport by sport. And the last ten minutes of the episode is Taylor and former co-host Matt. 
just going back and forth quoting and i'm literally you can see me i'm literally yeah. just sitting there like looking back and forth and all of a sudden matt's just like where'd you go guy like I'm like i've seen it once <laughs> it's 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 just yeah i mean honestly if you like will ferrell in his prime you know like anchorman semi-pro see now like, I, it's right in the middle of all of that and god damn it he crushes it i i like semi-pro i love talladega nights yep. i love anchorman and that's where my love for will ferrell kind of stops the other guys Step Brothers? Other guys was good. Step Brothers is hit or miss for me. I really don't care. Wow. But like for me, for me, and I've said this before on multiple different episodes on multiple different podcasts, Will Ferrell for me is the character he's playing is almost always the same. Chaz Michael Michaels is not the same. It's almost always the same. It's got to fit the movie. So like Talladega Nights is just so over top over the top as a whole. Yeah. That Ricky Bobby works for me. Semi-pro, Jackie Moon, just works for me. Step Brothers, it's like, it's too nonsensical. It's too much. Like, and it's good. I'll, I'll watch it, but like, I, mean, I, I know, like, one Austin, of my, one of my Austin favorite. is one of the people on, like, oh, oh my God, Step Brothers on, we're going to watch yeah, it. Like, I, he's that guy. I can't so do it. So is my father. But I'll say the one thing about Chaz Michael Michaels, he's got one of the greatest quotes of all time in that movie where they're 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 getting back and they're doing a press interview at, before one of their, their things and like some lady speaks korean to him and he goes no 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 that's in the other room (laughs) exactly see like exactly like that's all that's just an all-time freaking quote i i (laughs) i feel like for me uh i like it's just not something like it wasn't a movie that like friends of mine were like we're gonna watch because it's a very weird premise like it's hilarious though it's actually weird to me that between being friends with matt and taylor that i haven't seen it more but it's not a movie that's ever come up when i've been around them to watch where like i oh i've only seen semi-pro because i watched it at taylor's house one day you know we couple us on a sunday there was no late game or whatever and we do he's insane he could rip my head off yeah so you know we had we had a lot of that going on but yeah i I, i'm gonna have to sit down and rewatch it and probably laugh my ass off doing it but you know, I, I feel like it's going to fit above like a Step Brothers, but not quite hit Talladega Nights for me. But Probably not. I, Talladega I, I, Nights is also. Yeah, I, I, that one doesn't get the credit it deserves, in my opinion. Oh my but. god! When, when, <laughs> yes, the just, whole the whole the whole first scene at the at the dinner table with the spider monkey chirping the grandpa, and then like they start making out, and his friend comes around and is like, "I'll hold your hair." Oh my god, <laughs> dude! <laughs> just oh. yeah. So. Um, that I, for that one, like the the outtakes are just as funny to me, right? Like I, I watched that. I like I played like two or three. I spread my cheeks for Playgirl. <laughs> I, I I played like two or three broomball games at Fredonia the one night. Like got done with everything, came home and like couldn't sleep because I was wired. So I was just looking for something, and a girlfriend's passed out. So I finally I was like, no, oh, I haven't seen this. So I popped it in, and I laughed my ass off for the whole movie. Yeah, and you know like. How many times do you want to scream, I'm all jacked up, I'm Mountain Dew in your life? At least twice a day. I was going to say at least once a day. Yeah. And then you go and you watch it, like the scene where they're all around the table, like, why do you always say, like, baby Jesus? Yeah, why do you always say little baby Jesus? uh, Because I like like pictures of sweet. Uh, Sometimes I like to picture Jesus, and the lines he drops are just. In a tuxedo t shirt. (laughs) Sometimes I like to picture Jesus as a mischievous badger. Like his face, like. So serious. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my God. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Big Diesel, thanks for stopping by and joining me in our little pseudo-recording studio here. Always a pleasure. And uh, 
As always, guys, uh, Hats, Tats, and Tats is part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your buttery ear juice from. Uh, like, follow, subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, Hats, Tats, and Stats. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. They're both, I mean, if you type in Hats, Tats, and Stats, I'm pretty sure we're the only thing that's ever going to show up. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, check us out, follow us, like us, subscribe, do all the cool stuff. Uh, you know, again, we're we're plugging along here, trying to get up upward either even further north of the 20,000 subscription per month thing. So uh, keep going with that. And we're going to have some other cool stuff coming down the pipeline very soon that uh, hopefully is going to be fun for you guys as well. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Big Diesel again. Thanks for joining me. This has been Hats, Tats, and Stats, and we will catch you next week. Go Bills. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom sublimated uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Grocery shopping day. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Cashier. Hello, Mrs. Card Pusher. Hello. How are you doing today? Let's see what the old wife put on the uh, the shopping list today. Let's see what... Um, let's see. Number one, we got a... Uh, Chris Hemsworth? Oh, that doesn't seem right. I don't. I don't think that was, they sell those here. Uh, must be some kind of mistake. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Chris Evans. Oh boy. This is her celebrity crush list. Awkward. Don't be like this, husband and wife. There's only one place where a list like that belongs, and that's the Eat Sleep List podcast. You can hear us every Friday on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.